previously on All Things Unexplained. Oh man, we're gonna have to start telling some crazy stories about men because <laughs> as of right now, oh, I, the ladies yeah, I are seeing a little bit on the insane side. It is what it is. <laughs> oh, crazy about men. We're not all uh, like that. <laughs> and women live longer. How does this happen? I don't understand. <laughs> we just claim to be younger than we are, or older than we are. <laughs> oh, that's that's it. That is the answer. <laughs> Things Unexplained. Hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out early anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun man. Uh, I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. We're speaking with former police detective, Arthur and researcher Scott Lunsford. Uh, I had a gentleman that uh, I had to, to babysit. Uh, who claimed that he was possessed. And I sat in the hospital with him for uh, about two hours waiting for him to be processed for a mental commitment. And he would pop in and out of different uh, voices and and, uh, different types of personalities. And uh, he would uh, uh, try to say things that he thought his demon knowledge came from horror movies it didn't come from the real thing and I demonology was kind of a, a, a kick of mine for a while and I, I read a lot of the uh, the old books on it and uh, it's uh, very interesting and in some of the, the stories that, that go along with the demon lore and he tried his best to convince me that he was uh, uh, demon possessed and I got into an argument with him over various things he told me his name was Legion and I <laughs> to him uh, if you're referring to the guy in the Bible uh, he wasn't saying that was his name he was saying there were many of him and he got real about that and then he thought for a while and he'd pop up with something else and I'd, I'd shoot that down and he wasn't crazy. He was just trying his best to avoid uh, going to jail by going to the uh, of psychiatric facility. So, and the doctor saw it. See ya. Okay, great. So now we've got women that are killing bunnies and pouring blood on themselves, and others that are pretending to be much younger and going through the system and this guy is quoting horror movies oh boy yes what a terrible human i think human. the moral actually <laughs> i think the moral of the story is it's not really guys fault i mean if they're possessed by a demon it's yeah. not it just happened. is it really their you know, fault you know, but <laughs> walking along and all of a sudden boom there it is we weren't 
I feel like I would have had to call we his We weren't bluff. the first ones to eat of the tree of yeah. knowledge of good and evil. <laughs> okay. We weren't the first I, ones. See, okay? I, I feel like <laughs> we were just if, if I'd have been on the case, I, I would have had to call his bluff and got me a, a priest in there. So totally uh, exorcist style, a priest and some holy water and just see what the scene uh, turned into there. <laughs> that would that would have been fun. That I don't uh, know, but that sounds kind of like that goes against police ethics. <laughs> but I'm not real sure. Well, I just wanted to have a conversation with him. He was a real demon, and totally disappointing. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh shucks, I, I can tell I, you've got some interesting things behind you in <laughs> the screen here that I've been sort of staring at this oh, I evening. Just um, for those wow. that cannot see, we've ah. got some skulls and some scary pictures and tons of multiple oh, yes. skulls uh, back there. Explain yourself. <laughs> that's Thomas. What's scary is I haven't even noticed that. What kind of detective would I be? <laughs> Thomas. This is Henry. Henry came from Haiti. I picked Henry up in Haiti, and uh, I was there visiting for a while, and I got to meet some very interesting people, and uh, they told me some really great stories and uh, gave gave me Harry here. And William... William... William that, came from skull. Jamaica, hand-carved, and I uh, got some good stories from Jamaica. But I... Tom, There's more. There's Thomas more skull. is Thomas. actually a uh, model. He's not a real skull. He's uh, plastic. And he would sit on my desk in, uh, uh, in the investigation unit and... I would look at him and say, do you believe this guy? And he would, I would answer it <laughs> and, uh, for him and say, oh, well, dude, you're going to have to come up with a better story because Thomas doesn't believe you either. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, oh, man. Uh, but that's exactly the good cop, bad yeah, cop routine exactly. huh? with the skull. <laughs> like I said, the most shocking part of this to me is uh, this whole conversation. There have been literally skulls in the background. I have not noticed that. Uh, but what's the picture behind you? you that's an advertisement kind of, oh, okay. for my podcast. No, that's an advertisement that for my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like well, it's it a shooting be, target. No, it's, well. a, it's a little poster for, for my podcast. And, <laughs> I thought about lining the whole back area with with copies of my books, like you, when you see somebody that's being interviewed on ABC News in their office and they're talking, they're they're some political uh, consultant or something or an expert in some field, and you you look in the live look in the bookcase behind them, and all their their books that they wrote are all turned faced to the camera, so that they can get some uh, they can yes. get some. Uh, uh, publicity out of it i guess so yeah well tell us a little bit about your books there's one one about yes did i catch that Uh, that's and this is impressive you talk about synchronicity i to discover that our next guest has some bigfoot books was just uh, really exhilarating for me (laughs) this the bigfoot book is part of a series called the girls from gift and it's a young people's book book series kind of a nancy drew hardy boys type 
thing. Uh, my girls, girls investigating fantastic things. They're two characters, two girls that uh, they have a little business. They're in middle school. They have a nice little business that they do. Uh, they mow yards. They wash cars, they house set, they pet walk, take care of things, run errands, and do paranormal investigations, which is the last part of their business card. And awesome. they get into, with the help from family members and uh, a retired uh, uh, professor from, uh, uh, they, who helps them and acts kind of a, uh, as a mentor for them, they, uh, investigate unusual occurrences and in the process uh, find out that there's more to it perhaps and it's not necessarily paranormal in nature but it is just as dangerous and just as evil uh, my first book uh, the devil dog mm -hmm. investigation dealt actually with human trafficking and i wrote that book because some of my Oh. kids at school were being contacted by unusual people at uh online who was oh. trying to entice them to do things they shouldn't do uh my second book was the mm. bigfoot best friend investigation and that's kind of a history book and, and deals with the concept of bullying and how to overcome that. It talks about the history of Bigfoot in Madison County. There, I reference, uh, or my, my girls and oh, characters nice. find a newspaper article, and it's a real newspaper article, that talks about uh, Bigfoot being on Bald Mountain, which is a big mountain here in, in Madison County. And uh, the, it was a magazine or not a magazine excuse me it's a newspaper article published in the 18 uh 1810 somewhere along those lines in uh pennsylvania newspaper and a couple other places where a visitor up there had told them about this creature called a yahoo or a yahoo uh and they also gave the uh name and i'm probably pronouncing this wrong chickali which was Cherokee for long hair or hair. And the guy's describing Bigfoot. There's no question about it. So the girls find that. They they, they uh, meet a young boy who has actually become friends with, with Bigfoot locally. And uh, they end up, well, I don't want to give the story, whole storyline away, but uh, they end up solving some problems and... Uh, coming to the uh, aid of a young boy that uh, and helping him out with uh, some bully issues and uh, get to know Bigfoot. That sounds awesome. And now I will forevermore call Tim and Smitty Yahoo and Chickaly because there you go. those are great names. Uh, <laughs> and I'll let well, you two decide. Yahoo. Yahoo. I, I want to be the Yahoo. The I don't want to be Chickaly. I was going to say there be... I've seen one of those in Mississippi, and his name's Tim Mounts. Oh, we've got a, uh, uh, yeah. there's a lot of good history about, about, uh, the Bigfoot type creature in, in the area. And a friend of mine with the Asheville, uh, Cryptoid Society, uh, he goes out and looks for them all the time. 
and the kids love it when I talk him into coming to the elementary school and he brings his his cast that he has with some footprints and he tells them some stories oh, and cool. uh, the kids the kids really get a kick out of it and really enjoy it and it's good to yeah there is more to this world Horatio than what we know so that's what I try to impart to the kids and my third book deals with the extraterrestrial uh, situation uh, the blue alien and the alien abduction and I actually use some history from Kentucky with that and uh, that actually that story deals also with uh, human trafficking issues and it's actually based on a situation that happened with one of my girls at one of the schools and uh, uh, we had a happy mm. ending with that but it ended up being it could have been very very bad and with her grandmother's permission we kind of took her story and and changed it around a little bit and used it as a teaching tool hopefully so that other people can't be fooled. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. To support this show, head over to buymeacoffee.com backslash unexplained, and you can become an unexplained one. You can pick up all things unexplained hoodies, tote bags, and signed books from yours truly. You can sign up for Close Encounters of the First and Second Kind with CJ, Smitty, and myself. And if you're feeling truly daring, you can even go for Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Special shout out to Coma Toast Tacos, which is home of mysterious publications like this podcast and my Bigfoot books over at Squatchin.com. And now more with Detective Scott Lunsford. So you mentioned that these are sort of, these are books for younger readers. Are they scary at all <laughs> i mean but uh, fifth, what kind of young graders. reader are we talking about uh fourth fifth and sixth grade uh that level and oh, they're okay. actually pre-read yeah. the first book i did i did the, my first book my two main characters uh uh kaylee and uh ailey uh they um the girls at the school they read my story, they read the book, and they came back and told me that, uh, no, it's not going to fly. The, your girls are too, your characters are too nice. And I had to go back and rewrite a little bit, make them a little more mischievous <laughs> and a little more... Uh, Sad reality. Add, yes, I had to add reality. They, they, <laughs> I, the, they told me I was thinking from a grandfather perspective, if I wanted wasn't thinking of the characters from a real life perspective and they were right and i took the advice and it worked so my girls in uh the series are very um they're empowered they they don't take no for an answer they're polite they're caring uh but you don't mess with them one of the girls is a black belt in, in uh, Taekwondo, mm. and uh, if she has to, she has been known to kick some tail if she needs to. Nice. So, yep. 
nice. Scott, is there a website people can be go and check out all your books? And yes, podcasts? you can go to uh, scottlunsfordauthor.com or uh, felonfile.com. At felonfile.com, well, at all of them, you can pick up the uh, links to the podcast as, as well as links to the books that are at, they are on Amazon. And this is uh, this is my adult book, the Cop and Coin book. Yeah. trying to get it focused this oh, one cool. deals is an adult of murder mystery and i've been able to link up a lot of history from uh north carolina and by adding little pieces of fiction i have connected all the way from uh judas iscariot to napoleon to houdini to uh, uh, Governor Vance, to uh, uh, oh, the Jersey Devil is in there, and uh, oh, I've connected yeah. all those up by adding, or possibly what I added was fiction. So you have to read it <laughs> and, and decide for yourself. Uh, but I've I've got three books so far in that series. That's great, and one of my favorite genres too, h- historical fiction. That's wonderful. You've been you've been a busy man. Well, I don't sleep, so. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine after everything that you have seen and done, sleep would be difficult. Uh, yes, uh, I was advised I had. Uh, PTSD from dealing with a lot of the uh, uh, cases I had, and every once in a while the the memories, uh, mm-hmm. or the the dreams come back. And uh, dealing with a uh, deceased six year old who passed away accidentally, and having to tell uh, his mother. Or having his brother, who was present at the time of, mm. of the accident, uh, show me exactly how his brother died. Uh, that that kind of sticks with you. Uh, going to a juvenile's autopsy that that sticks with you. And uh, uh, mm. child abuse in general, um, very horrendous. I. But, Assault and an injury to anybody is is, is bad, and uh, it's it's eye opening. Yeah. And you have to be you have to be fair and open minded about all that stuff. And when you're doing the investigation, yeah, that's a very tough job. Scott, have you had any paranormal experiences yourself, Bigfoot? UFO encounters, any anything unusual that you just can't explain? I was on patrol checking out, and I'm going to make cover two things here. I was uh, we were having problems at a cemetery, uh, a, a different cemetery on uh, Beaver Dam Road, and we were kids were up there, people were up there parking and vandalizing tombstones and this and the other. So it became part of my regular midnight patrol to go up there and, and go around and check on things. And I was up there doing that and uh, checked a mausoleum to make sure that nobody had done any 
uh, vandalism to it, was walking back to my car and looked back over the mountain and this ball of yellow and red lights rose up all mountain over the tree line and stayed there oh, for just man. a brief second and then moved over like a submarine it just kind of disappeared behind the tree line and uh, I actually used that in uh, my girl's book where they're looking for UFOs that story a variation of that and uh, I thought well that's weird and I called my dispatcher and asked that if the medical air ambulance had possibly been flying and I thought maybe it had gone down and maybe it was auto gyrating down uh, having problems or something and uh, I had it marked where exactly where it went down and uh, they checked with the airport and they checked with the hospital and there was nothing in the air at that time over that it was wow. not fireworks it was not there was no helicopter sound i don't know what it was but you know the thing that struck me most about that particular case this was before uh we had the 800 megahertz radios we operated on a regular fm radio system and i called my dispatcher on the radio and told her on a side channel what i had seen and said can you check and see make sure we don't have an aircraft in problem and before I got out of the cemetery, made my rounds all the way through it, and got back down to the main road, there was a traffic jam. And this is 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning of people down there on Beaver Dam Road, parked beside the road with binoculars looking. They had heard it on the scanner late at night. They were up at 2 o'clock in the morning yep. listening to the police. Get Reminds me, I need to turn mine on. Where? They have a couple up here. <laughs> this, this, this is the place Tim was crowded, sure. and they, I got flagged down. People wanting to know where did you see it go down? Where did you see blah blah blah? And that's um, amazing. And it nobody gave me a hard time about it, but especially those guys because they they heard it. They they wanted to come see too, see if possibly if they could see something. But it it always struck me that. Uh, they just naturally assumed that there was something there and they wanted to come see it too. And a whole bunch of them did. A bunch of cars were down there. The traffic was really was nuts for three o'clock, two, two, three o'clock in the morning on Beaver Dam Road. So that was interesting. And uh, wow. another case, uh, or another situation. Uh, we have a hotel downtown, uh, the Battery Park Hotel. There was a homicide that occurred in that uh, particular hotel back in the 20s. And there's been a couple of suicides off of the hotel. And uh, it's very tall. And uh, we would get calls sometimes at 3 o'clock in the morning from people that were hanging out downtown. And they were, they saw and swore up and down that they saw somebody jump from the roof of the building and oh. hit the ground. And I'd get out there and talk to them. And they, some of them, yes, some of them were intoxicated, but uh, some of them weren't. And they swore up and down that they saw a body fall and would go and look. There would be nothing there. And this wow. would have happened at the Jackson. 
Yes, multiple times. Did that happen multiple times? And which building was this? I the Battery Park oh Hotel. Well, it, it. Yeah, note to self. Yeah, do it's, not it's apartments now. It's apartments Don't right now. So, uh, another place the same thing happened would happen would be the um, uh, Jackson Building uh, downtown next to the police station, and supposedly a gentleman during the uh, uh, start of the depression leaped from the top roof of the building there and landed in front of the building and killed himself there and the city in their wisdom not knowing exactly where it supposedly it happened they built a really nice round circle monument in the bricks there it almost <laughs> like a target and uh one of the old guys that that had up there told me that that's he remembered it happening and that's where the, the where the guy landed was where the city put that target that circle mm. in bricks uh, he thought that was hilarious. That's just, that's just asking for poltergeist activity right there. Well, you talk to anybody. There's a fantastic sub shop and restaurant basement there of the Jackson building. If you get a chance, go by, get you something to eat. Great food. And they will tell you, you unusual things have, that have happened there and things that they have seen. Um, looked up and seen somebody at the counter and then looked away and then looked back up and that nobody in the room at all that looks like the person that they saw and nobody left at that time period and nobody may nobody saw it or maybe another person saw it and they don't know where that person is either uh there's all kinds of uh unusual occurrences uh along those lines in Asheville. we got a there's a bunch of haunted stuff out there it, was the oh, person yeah. in the sub shop always looked like the same person they see or is it someone different uh there's like two or three of them from what yeah. they've told me i've not seen it but what they've told me there there was two or three individuals that they see on a fairly regular basis so who am i to say so are there any cases that you have been on and I'm asking because I listened to a lot of your podcast and oh, it thank you. always seems so frustrating that nobody's ever convicted. <laughs> you know, these poor families are just wanting some sort of justice and, and there isn't in many of your stories that you shared. Have there been any cases that you've been on where you think you know who did it you're sure of it you you just know but you don't have enough evidence to convict or in most cases do you figure it out i have a, uh, a homicide case that i assisted with i was not primary on it i assisted with the case and in reviewing the case i agree with the other detectives on who actually did the homicide and there's not enough evidence to bring a criminal charge that would hold up in court uh, and be a conviction. And we don't want to file charges unless you're... A law enforcement officer's job is to find probable cause that a crime occurred and to present that probable cause to a judge or a magistrate who will issue a warrant. It's the district attorney's job to prosecute that. But by the same token, we have to give the district attorney enough evidence, enough 
ammunition in order to get a conviction. And sometimes at a case, even after we've developed probable causes, somebody did it, uh, the detectives, and not just me, but detectives will continue digging uh, before the case actually goes to trial, looking for more information and uh, more clues or more evidence that, that it's something occurred uh, or that our guy did it. Uh, I can think of another case uh, where... I am yeah, I'm sure that this guy did it, but there's not enough. The district attorney's office was not comfortable enough to um, bring charges in a first-degree burglary and sexual assault case. And we... Uh, mm. that That's still an open case. And unfortunately, the the victim in that case has passed away. Uh, but by the same token, I was absolutely positively sure I had found mm. the defendant or the suspect in a another first-degree burglary and sexual assault. Uh, developed a sus- suspect in a composite made of the suspect. We uh, put the composite out in the newspapers and on the media, and here comes to me and says, I think the guy that did it uh, is one of my one of my uh, people at church. Well, why do you think that? He says, well, he stole my car and disappeared. And he looks just like the composite. So I take the name and I backtrack and I find out when the guy was younger in another state, he committed a first-degree burglary and a regular assault, not a sexual assault. And he was wearing the same clothing. It was a, a certain color T-shirt and blue jeans and was carrying something. And the same thing happened up here in the, our case that happened in Asheville. So I figured the guy had done it. Uh, then I found out he, he had run. Uh, he sold the car, the preacher's car in Las Vegas, and then went on to California. And it took us a while, but we found him. I did not have enough probable cause to charge him with the break-in and the assault, but I had enough to charge him with felony larceny of motor vehicle. The district attorney gave me the warrant for that, and we were able to extradite him based on that charge. Uh, at, after some time, uh, he was arrested in Los Angeles, and a judge wouldn't release him to be extradited. So they turned him loose before we could get a judge here to step in. And I had to wait another couple of months before he ended up being arrested in another part of California where they would extradite him to North Carolina. We brought him back, met him at the airplane, brought him into uh, the jail and served a search warrant on him for gathering evidence, DNA, hair, fiber, so on, which I had. I had good DNA samples. I had good hair samples. And um, so I knew if I could just get the guy, gather the evidence, I could prove that it was him. He came in and he had shaved himself entirely while he was in custody in California when he found out he was being extradited out. So I couldn't get any hair samples. I mean, entirely he had shaved. Uh, But that's all right. That grows back, and I'll get it later, but I did oh get his God. DNA. 
served the uh, uh, search warrant on him, collected his DNA, sent it off to the lab, uh, spoke to his attorney. His attorney wouldn't let him speak to me, and we waited. Uh, got a rush job on the DNA from the State Bureau of Investigations, and it came back. It wasn't him. Just wasn't him at all. And wow. I go to him. And this is the kicker. I go to his attorney and let her know it wasn't him. And she doesn't believe it. She says, she tells me, he thinks huh. he did it. He th was on a bad, he had fallen off the wagon and done some bad drugs and, and alcohol. And that whole time period is a blank with him. When he saw the composite, he thought it was him and decided that oh my gosh i've done this i better skip town which is what he did and he even told his uh lawyer that he was he was fairly sure he did not remember doing it but he probably did was what he told him and 20 years before that even 10 years before that or five years before that before the dna became a such a strong tool for us we would have convicted that man and he had gone oh for a long time for something he didn't do and the person that actually did it oh, would have gotten away with it that's that sold me on on dna wow. yeah, and actually uh your uh your listener uh george there uh what case are you the most proud of solving i'm not you won't, can't say i solved that case but I'm proud of the fact that I did not charge the wrong person. I'm very proud of the fact that he was able to uh, become, uh, he didn't go to jail for something he didn't do. And I was able to prove that he was innocent, even though I was ready to, I was ready. As far as he was concerned, he was Jeffrey McDonald. He, he had done it at, at that time period. Uh, there were just too many similarities. And like I said, he thought he had done it as well. So... He's now a preacher. <laughs> He's now That's a preacher, a and I run into him every once in a while. No. He's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So here's a question for you. I'm certain that you guys have gut instincts that you're probably not supposed to follow. <laughs> Instead, you're supposed to follow protocol. But certainly, we all have a gut instinct. When we see something, we hear something, we have a natural reaction of, gosh, I really think that this person did it or this is what happened how often would you say your gut instinct ended up being right after putting all of the evidence together oh 100 percent of the time I'm, <laughs> I'm just that good uh no not not really <laughs> you've been listening to all things unexplained if you liked this podcast please do give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. If you would like to hear more All Things Unexplained, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about our show, you can visit us at www.allthingsunexplained.com. And if you'd like to support our show, please do visit buymeacoffee.com backslash unexplained. A special thanks to our producer, director, sound mixer, editor, and the man that wears far too many hats, no, seriously, he has a lot of hats, Dr. Tim Mounts. Without you, we couldn't keep the lights on. Thanks for listening to All Things Unexplained.
to be continued.